Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I'm your host, Emmy Morgan. Um, happy fourth everyone <laughs> it's um it's been a strange and different new normal to get used to but not too too bad i i'm just glad that we're all happy healthy and safe and the fireworks i can report did not last until 1 a.m which i was kind of worried about people in my um area of Massachusetts were lighting off fireworks like last Thursday, no, Friday. They started off last Friday and then Saturday and then, of course, Sunday. And I was just like, oh, my God, please don't last until 1 a.m. I'm so tired. So um, happy to report they did not. Thank goodness. I got a good good amount of sleep. Um, Joe, how was your fourth? Uh, my fourth was, it was good and it was underwhelming. <laughs> really? Some parts of it were. I will tell you, I had a wonderful time uh, with my uh, with my wife this weekend, so mm-hmm. I can't really complain too much. The only yes. sort of, like sore spot for me is we didn't get to see the fireworks. <laughs> I literally was just complaining how the fireworks were the bane of my existence and how they kind of weren't happening that much and how I'm happy about that. Um, my fourth was really good, actually. Um, we had a new tradition right before, in 2019. Our new tradition was my sister Mandy got a house um, and a bigger house in Western Mass. So, what we would, would do is we'd all go to her house in the morning, put our lawn chairs on her front lawn, and watch the parade go through down her street. And we did it once, and we loved it, and everybody was happy. And then right after, we did a cookout. And then, of course, last year, we couldn't do that. So it was nice yeah. to get back to that this year. Not only did we have the cookout, but it was – I have never laughed that hard and for that long in my entire life. Now, you have to keep in mind, I've known these people since I was 10 years old, so not only is there, like, stories about history, but, like, stuff that was happening um, currently was making me laugh, and seeing my 90-year-old grandfather by love stand behind me, put his braids over his head and have a picture taken... Um, kind of funny. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I was a little shocked by some of the things that were going on. Just like most, all silly stuff though. Nothing too, too crazy. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty funny. I, I almost wish, had I known that Joe, I would have invited you to this because you would have had so much fun. I mean, well, we still, laughing. We still made the best of it, but. Good. Um, 
yeah, so that was my fourth, and I'm still full from yesterday. And, uh, yeah. There we go. So let's just jump right in. Um, let's start with back-to-back topics. So let's start with, and not spend too much time on, uh, Bill Cosby. Um, he was released this last week. And I think the misconception is now every rapist is getting out. No, this is what happened. The man who helped Donald Trump during his um, impeachment trial, Bruce Cantor, used to be the Pennsylvania DA. When a lawsuit came about with Bill Cosby, Bruce at the time as DA said, I'm not going to charge you, Bill, for um, the crimes that you committed. But you do have to allocute to your crime. And so Bill did admit, yes, I did. You know, the guy asked him, did you give quaaludes to women because you wanted to have sex with them? Yes. And so that case was settled. Um, the Bruce went to, I think her name is Andrea, Contra something. I can't even remember her name. I didn't write it down. I apologize. Um, and he said, you can do a civil suit against him. So she did. But the new DA came in after Andrea's civil suit was settled and said, yeah, we're going to take the testimony Bill said from Bruce's case and use it against him. So when Felicia Rashad tweeted, a miscarriage of justice has been righted, she was talking about that first deal being vacated she wasn't I fully believe in my heart of hearts she wasn't talking about Bill being released as a you know Bill the rapist the admitted rapist being released I think she was talking about the fact that that deal was vacated I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that for her defense you know Um, because I don't think anybody argues the fact that he did what he did period, point blank. There's no, like, debating it. Executives at NBC were helping him cover it up. So there's no debating what he did. And then Janet Hubert um, from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air even said um, underneath Felicia Rashad's tweet, you know, I know three women that were assaulted by Bill and are never going to come forward because they're scared. So everybody knew and everybody knows he is a disgusting human being. I think she was just talking about the fact that the new DA vacated his position, um, uh, the old deal, sorry. But um, what do you mm. think about this whole um, uh, Bill Cosby release? How do you feel about it? Well, first of all, I am not that kind to Felicia Rashad. I don't oh, think that um, – no, I, I don't think that she was. I don't think she was talking about the miscarriage of justice in in the. I think she was talking about it because Bill Cosby's her friend, um, mm-hmm. and I think her her, I think her apology says the same thing. You know, she mm-hmm. no, acknowledges that she lacked sensitivity, and mm-hmm. um, I, I just I, I don't I don't think that there was anything that. Um, I think the the problem was that he was overturned because of a technicality, and that's why and he, he was, was released. 
Mm-hmm. And I, you know, while while the justice system may not be fair in, in all respects, and and certainly, um, you know, we we expect everyone to get their due process and all that good stuff. Um, I I I don't think the tweet was very intelligent for her to make that comment, and then mm-hmm. and then say, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time afterwards, oh, I didn't realize that people were going to be upset about this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that respect, I'm, I'm, I'm not really on her side. Um, as far as the justice system and how, how it works, I think it's a shitty technicality. But mm. I also think, unfortunately, that's the way the justice system works. There are holes in, and flaws in the system, and if someone can exploit them to their own benefit, we see it happen all the time. And unfortunately, in this situation, that means, you know, many people uh, who have been victims, uh, uh, admittedly, he's admitted, uh, you know, in, he in, has. that they're victims. Um, but Andrea uh, Constand, you know, doesn't get her her justice for the situation. Mm. So, you know, I think, it's a, I think it's a crappy situation. But at the same time, you know, we have to try to... We have to try to trust our justice system is doing the right thing, and that's hard sometimes when you see these little technicalities getting in the way of uh, of someone uh, being held accountable for what they did. But had he just not the new DA just not used that testimony? Had he like? It's almost like he knew he couldn't win with new testimony, so he did this. Like, well, and, and another point to make, I mean, Bill Fenton was either two, three to ten years. He served two years. So, I mean, he didn't get away scot-free. You know what I'm saying? He didn't walk. He, he almost yeah. served at least the minimum for his crime. That gives me comfort. What doesn't give me comfort is people in the black community who don't follow the story, didn't do the research, and said, oh, good, Uncle Bill is free. What? So you think all 60 of those women are lying? Like, you think they're all lying? And that's the problem. problem, I mean, and and that's just not, that's not limited to the black community. That's every community that grew up watching the Cosby show or watching Bill Cosby himself thinking this guy was, you know, as as all-American as apple pie. But but I, I agree. The, the, it's hard to take all of these people having very similar stories and having very similar, um, you know, traumatic events over the course of, uh, of years. It's very mm-hmm. hard to take that like gross amount of information and say, well, maybe, maybe they're not telling the truth. Maybe all of these people are not telling the truth. That's like, that's a, that's some cognitive dissonance right there. Like, how do you, but I mean, we've, we've seen it happen before with Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen before with Trump. We've seen it happen before mm-hmm. with, lots, with with lots. We've seen it happen with Bill Clinton. Um, right. And it's it's to me that's more of a reflection of society in general not wanting to believe that people, whoever they whatever their reason for being our heroes, um, they tend to get a pass for a lot of things that they shouldn't. And if it was some you know, random person that, you know, in some, you know, some group that someone was already had a, had a predisposed issue with 
and you could see it, you know, because it happens all the time where someone is, you know, a racist person, and they're like, yeah, this person did it. They don't even think about what the answer is or the question. They just automatically assign blame. So it's it's kind of the same thing where people go the exact opposite direction. They want to protect their heroes. I almost feel like the justice system in general just does not believe women. That's what I feel like. Because yeah. if you don't believe the 60 women that Bill Cosby had accusing him, and then, conversely, a judge doesn't believe Britney Spears. Like, she's just, again, she's not saying she wants to end conservatorship altogether. She's simply saying she wants her dad off of the conservatorship. The last time she was in court, she won the right to have a bank, or I think it was, I think it pretty much, I think it was a bank. A bank was able to help her with her conservatorship along with her dad. She's just saying she wants her dad removed and the bank to be the sole conservator. That's all she's saying. And she, yeah, but they, even though she was rambling, they what? That the group that was supposed to be, the, the group that was supposed to be the co-conservator, uh, they bounced. Yep. They said, no, oh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> the, day, the day after, oh. the day after the judge made that announcement, oh. um, they were like, yeah, we're out. But also, the here's my point. Tony Braxton, she was bankrupt twice. She never had a conservatorship. All the stuff with Michael Jackson, he never had a conservatorship. So why is Britney, why does Britney Spears, number one, have a conservatorship? Number two, why are you not validating the fact that she has an IUD forced in her body, and no one's responding to that, that was the most alarming thing I've, I've ever heard. Alarming. Well, so the argument, the argument for, for Tony Braxton or for Michael Jackson is that you've mm-hmm. got two people that were not necessarily dealing with the same level or the same, at least the same scrutiny over mental health issues or over their competence in terms of how they can manage their own personal finances, their medical, uh, their medical care. So there is, you know, there, there's two very separate situations in terms mm. of how conservatorship could have applied. Now, could it have helped them? I mean, possibly someone could have been more, uh, more reasonable with their finances. But at the end of the day, it, there's plenty of people out there that squander their fortunes, that squander their money, and that's not necessarily due to um, – you know, due to uh, a, a medical issue or a mental health issue that would um, that would require some sense of oversight from an outside party, and and I think that's the big difference. Brittany, you know, admittedly, if if she still wants a conservatorship, understands that there's 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 barriers to her being able to protect herself, protect her finances. And, um, you know, and I, and I think if she's willing to admit that, then there's some things that come along with it. Unfortunately, you know, things like an IUD um, being forced upon her, you know, it's kind of, the, it, it's kind of the, 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 the other side of the coin where you don't really have much say in some of these things once you've kind of gotten involved in a situation where you no longer have that autonomy, that sole autonomy. 
I'm going to have to disagree. Only because when Michael Jackson was going through all his shit, he was spending, like that man could have been, by the time he was dead, he could have been worth billions of dollars. He got the Beatles the music catalog. He could have been worth a billion, yeah. but he was spending $30 million a year on random shit. Elephant Man Bones, this, you know, renovating Neverland. And then his whole, and I'm sorry, I think it was a mental health issue. Bleaching his skin and all of his facial procedures, that, I, you cannot tell me that wasn't mental health. You I, I, and you're never going to get a disagreement from me. There, there was a lot of issues with Michael Jackson that I, I think, mean, you know, we only we only know the tip of the iceberg. He was certainly right. under the care of a physician for a lot of other stuff that was going on. But you know, the bottom line with with Michael Jackson, and I, you know, it's the same thing with DMX. Like, you can squander mm. your money. Your your capriciousness doesn't necessarily mean that you require a conservatorship. And right. So that's you know. DMX is in the throes of of, of, uh, of a serious issue with substance abuse. Uh, substance abuse is it's not even like one. <laughs> there are several, mm-hmm. um, and so you, you look at this the same type of thing, and it, it ended up, you know, uh, where he ended up with so many medical problems as a result of it. So you could see where, especially when people are wasting money, uh, wasting money mm-hmm. that they earn, but that they've earned themselves where you, where you right. can see that there's at least it, it, it muddies the water a little bit, but I, I do think they're two very, very separate situations still because it's one thing to have these, these public issues and to have people saying, well, you know, uh, Michael Jackson's kind of nuts right now. And it's another thing mm-hmm. to have mental health issues where you, where it's acknowledged, you're seeking treatment, your family is accepted, like, I think it's two very separate things. And, I, and, and for what it's worth, the Jackson family is very different than the Spears family. <laughs> mm-hmm, true. And M- Michael should have been diagnosed at least with body dysmorphia, the very least. Um, yeah. I think, honestly, I think I'm going to answer my own question. I think the biggest difference is um, society. In this society, we will admit when someone has mental health issues and we will um, move heaven and earth to try to help them. Back then, we weren't moving heaven and earth to help anybody. If you were legitimately crazy, you had to do something completely nuts. Had Michael Jackson, like, I mean, the man dangled a baby out of a window. If that's not mental health screaming at us, I don't understand why we thought it was funny why we didn't, like, somebody didn't step in. Somebody needed to have stepped in. Some, maybe Jamie yeah. Spears should have stepped in with Michael Jackson. Shit, maybe he would still be alive. <laughs> we don't know. Um, they laid a dollar short, right? They, they just was like, oh, he has mental health issues? Okay, well, first of all, we're not going to discuss it because we're Jehovah's Witness. And second of all, he's paying for our bills, so we're just going to let him do what he wants to do. I honestly think that that's what it was. And maybe the whole reason why Jamie Spears started the conservatorship was because he didn't want his daughter to end up like Michael Jackson, you know? Um, But it's time. It's time to let this woman live her life. 
it's been long enough. She hasn't had an incident like she had before. Um, you can tell, at least I can tell from her Instagram, something is off with her. But I think it's because of what she's going through with the conservatorship. Like, I didn't know she was being forced to do the tour. I thought she was doing the tour because she wanted to do the tour and the, the Vegas residency. I thought she wanted to do that. But I will say there were a couple of videos with that Vegas residency where I'm looking at her and I'm like, something, something's gone from Brittany. Like, she's, she's doing the moves, but she's not, like, into it. And I didn't understand why. This is the so. chicken of the egg conversation, though, because we don't yeah. know what it, mm-hmm. what, it, what impact <clears throat> the treatments had on her. We don't we mm-hmm. don't know. We don't. I mean, we don't know. What we don't know. She yeah. She could have voiced some interest in doing the Vegas show, and you know, for all we know, that was her request to do it because she wanted to get back mm-hmm. to work and. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's hard because we only we only have the information that's released to the press or what you know what's you know outlined in any court documents that get unsealed. We don't know what mm-hmm. we don't know, and that and, and right. it makes it hard to to armchair quarterback a situation where you know we we have our own our own personal perceptions of it. But I saw some Instagram videos where I'm like, man, she's she's nuts. Like she needs somebody to step in. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's the um, some raccoon eyes. Crazy eyes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it, she, she, you could tell she put on eyeliner, but then it's, like, smudged underneath. And you're just like, don't you want to, like, freshen up before you do an Instagram video? Don't you want to just, like, do a quick, you know, squeeze of the cheeks and wipe wipe off the eyeliner before you do the video? Just, like, quickly? Just, like, freshen up a little? Yeah, it's, 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 there was some wild one. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And and it, who knows? Is that the medication that she was on? I mean, clearly, admittedly, right. she's taken some pretty strong stuff. So, is it the medication yeah. that she's on that's causing this stuff? I, I mean, it's just it's so hard to to make a valid judgment about mm-hmm. it without really not you know without knowing all the data and all the information and and you know kind of the whole medical history. There's just so much mm-hmm. that we don't know. Um, so I, maybe, maybe, maybe we're way off. Maybe, maybe we're not spot on. <laughs> I know, but it's just like, man, I, I actually, I'll be 100% honest. I actually had to stop following her because I kept wanting to post like something like get help, but I know I'm not the person to do that. And then I would read other comments where people are like, girl, are you good? Britt, are you okay? And then that would make me sad because I literally grew up on her music. Like, I know she's younger than me, but when I was a kid, she was a kid. And so I'm, like, watching this kid grow up, and I, I just, ugh. I, 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 it was hard watching those videos. And so I kind of stopped and then come to find out she's not okay. And I'm like, well, my gut reaction was she wasn't okay, so I was right on the money with that. And I don't know. I just. Oh. It's, it, the question is, why is she not okay? And it, it, is it is it because mm. of the conservatorship, or is it because she's still not okay, and just now has an audience of people that are willing to listen to what she's saying, 
and it might mm-hmm. you know might it might be the ram, ramblings of a of a mad person you know that's that that mm. that's why I say it's so hard to make a judgment without knowing the details and without knowing the full scope of what she's actually experiencing and and ultimately you just hope that whatever the whatever the outcome is that it's on the side of you know doing right by her and that she can you know she can have as healthy and a normal existence as any of us you know people dealing with mental health issues um you know oftentimes people experience is that they they don't realize how bad they're in the throes of something and oftentimes it takes an outside party to step in and, and manage a situation and that's the thing we we you know we we don't we don't do well with mental health in this country in general, um, but we mm-hmm. you know we've come a long way like you said since Michael Jackson. But there's still yeah. there's still some work to be done to understand it better and to manage it better and to help those people that are um, you know that are struggling with it. And and trust me, I am glad that he stepped in when he did because if you even see her like I, I said before, if you even see her her. Um, Pieces of Me album and then, or Blackout album, sorry, and then to the Circus album right after, it's like, boom, she switched. She went from this crazy, I'm not sure if Britney's okay, to bam, old Britney's back, and she's better than ever. And I was just like, wow, I'm so glad her dad stepped in. I'll be honest with you, when she first had that video and seeing the circus and I'm like, I'm glad her dad stepped in. Now I'm like, okay, he needs to go. (laughs) (laughs) He can go now. She's good. And I even watched her when she was on Idol. What's that? I said, your services are no longer needed, sir. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're we're good now. Thanks. Brittany's good. Thanks. I hope. I mean, that's the thing. I hope. I hope she's good. Yeah. Will we ever find out? Who knows? I don't know. (sighs) Anywho, um, (laughs) so let's just get this over with. We've known each other for a very long time. Very long time. Um. Is there anything that you want to admit or confess that I don't know that would shock me? I definitely have something that's going to shock the shit out of you. Even if you might not even remember, actually. Yeah, you might not even remember, actually. But it was like... Oh, boy. uh, Shock the shit out of me or shock the shit out of you. So I don't really have anything crazy that would shock the shit out of anybody. I mean, I've... Okay. I, I can't wait to hear what's going to shock the shit out of me, though. I mean, I think I already shocked everyone when I came out as trans in, like, in all of Aglom. So, I mean, there's that. Um, That's fair. Okay, I don't know if you remember this. You probably don't. But, and I'll explain. Listen, I am not perfect. I, in the 80s and 90s, when we were in the 80s and 90s going to high school, the goal of high school was to become popular, period, end of story. You wanted to be popular. If you didn't want to be popular, you were already popular and didn't really want to be popular anymore. That's just the way it was. 
Let's just keep it real. Um, so I thought, and I, again, I don't know if you heard this story. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I thought if I told something to people that would gain me sympathy, that they, I'd end up being popular. So I, I made a story that I was walking my aunt's dog, <laughs> and the dog got hit while it was still on the leash. And that obviously never happened, but I remember being made fun of that, oh, you were walking a dog and the dog was on the leash and it got hit, rip, rip, rip. and people were making fun of me for the story. It backfired, and I made it up. And I don't um, – <laughs> shut up. Oh, that's a funny I was a kid. I thought it was going to help my popularity, and it didn't. <laughs> that is some funny stuff. It doesn't really shock the shit out of me, but that is some funny stuff. Uh, and I don't remember. Well, it was also confession, too. No, you don't. It was really I, – I did it in, like, Wednesday um, – eighth grade and I remember we were I remember so much like yesterday at the cookout with my sisters I was accused of remembering everything and I can't help it I just do so I remember we were in I want to say I don't remember the subject I think it was either social studies or science and we were watching the Iceman movie, the kind of scary one. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? It was like with Jeff Bridges or whatever. For yeah. Some reason, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you know what I'm talking about, right? It was that class. Yeah. The beginning of that class, I told the story. And John I made fun of me. And he, <laughs> he made fun of me right away. And because he was a tall jokester, everybody else in the class made fun of me. And I was so embarrassed. And I couldn't wait to get out of that class. I couldn't wait to that movie to end. I was the first one to leave when that bell rang. Oh, my God. So embarrassing. Yes, I made it up, guys. Not, and people probably don't even remember, but, yep, I made it up. Wow, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's the only lie I ever told in high school, okay? Ever. Everything else was true. But, yeah. I tried to become popular, and it totally backfired on me. You've got nothing, Joe. You have to have something. Gosh, I don't Did remember. Did you date someone I mean, that I didn't know? I was actually surprised I mean, when I found out you were dating who you dated. I'm like, what? How did that happen? But um, Yeah, I mean, you got to be more specific when you talk about that. Like, I feel like your in, baby, in junior high. Your baby's mama. I who? didn't. I was shocked. I was oh, shocked oh, about your baby's oh. mama. Yeah, I was like, "Wait, how did that happen?" Huh? Yeah, no, trust uh, me. How did that happen? Um, <clears throat> stop it. <laughs> uh, it's all love. Um, so, yeah. I, like, I feel like junior high and especially junior high, everybody mm-hmm. kind of like like dated like randomly. Everybody. Like, it was just like yeah. it was like it was like weird. Like you date somebody for like fifteen minutes. And then, you know, you move on and then, uh, you know, then you date somebody for another 15 minutes. And it was just like, it wasn't really like, you weren't really dating anybody. No. You're just like, oh, this person likes you, so you're supposed to go out. <laughs> yeah. 
was stupid. It was stupid. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was, like, a whole bunch of random people that, you know, that I dated for, like, 15 seconds. Um, but, oh, God. yeah, it was, I, like, my, uh, my my high school years were, I don't know, I, I felt like they were pretty entertaining, but um, there's nothing really crazy. Um, you know, funny, being an idiot. Wanted to get some dirt. Stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't date dirt. anybody in high school. I dated nobody. I didn't date until I was like 23. So, <laughs> just to let you know, not everybody uh-huh. dated. <laughs> yeah. But, I. Agon was weird like that, so that was the thing. Yeah. And it's still but, like, like you think about you think about that like all the people that that we did go to high school with, whether it was our grade mm-hmm. or upper or lower or grades above us or below us, um, and you think about you know some of those people that have they ended up getting married or um, mm-hmm. you know they they ended up they ended up reconnecting with and, and getting together after high school. It's just so funny. Like I just saw someone post mm-hmm. on Facebook that they were dating somebody else, and I was like, what, what? Mm-hmm. These two? I know. What? I know. And I was like, all right, well, you know, do your thing, people. It's all good. It's all good. Completely different crowds. I think different, yeah, yeah different grades. And I was just like, all right, well, you know, do your thing. Be happy. Great. I, um, I always like sitting back and watching it. Just like, you know, because, of course, I would say I was openly gay. Being openly gay in school, of course, I made friends with all the girls, and they would tell me all the the tea on the guys. Um, and I'm talking mm. all the tea, okay? Um, but it's just kind of funny how people evolve and grow up, and I don't know. It's just I don't know. It was. I don't think I really would change much of high school. I just wish that I didn't have, have to go through some of the shit that I went through. Like, if it was just dialed down just a little. Because yeah. it was it was a little bit out of control. But And I also wish I was mouthier. I, I don't feel I was as mouthy as you say. I think I could have been mouthier. I'm, I, you know, I gotta disagree. I you think bitch. there's, I, I, I think <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I think there's limits. There's limits. There's limits in high school. There's limits in junior high. Um, I was pretty mm. mouthy, and you know, it ended up getting me into trouble. Where you know, I'd get into dumb fights, and um, mm. you know, it was just one of those things that you, you, if you push the envelope too far, it ends up causing more yeah. headaches than it's worth. And it's, you know, I, and I was wise ass. I mean, let's be honest. I was con junior high and and a, and a, probably a bigger wise ass in high school. And you know, you just you you think about like how much how much that gets in trouble sometimes. Mm. Uh, I can yeah. laugh about it now. It was entertaining. When you make a mistake, like let's say high school, did you? automatically admit your mistake like you know what I was wrong about that or were you just like the type of person that was like you know what I was wrong but I'm not going to admit it right away 
you know, I was thinking about this 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 question because mm-hmm. it, it brings to mind, and I, and it wasn't in um, in high school because it was in junior high when we were in ninth grade and we hadn't moved up to the high school yet. So technically, mm-hmm. it was still junior high. And I remember I sat down at lunch and I don't know why, but I, I was probably making some wise ass comment or someone was saying something and I disagreed with them or whatever it was. And I remember this girl wiped, uh, I had a white polo on, and she wiped uh, the, the buttery rice all down the back of it. <gasps> what? Oh, and mad, yeah. I was so mad, and I couldn't understand why someone would think that that was appropriate. So I, I'm sitting there the Uh-oh. whole time during lunch, and, I'm, and, like, everyone sees me, and they know that, like, I'm steaming. And I just sat there, I finished eating my lunch, and I went outside, and uh, I remember I used to, uh, I always used to have cherry blow pops. Don't ask me why, it was just the thing I used to do. Um, and I had cherry blow pop, yeah, I had cherry blow pop outside afterwards, and I was, I was um, standing, you remember when you walked out and you were like right near where the pool entrance is, and there were those like two yep. cement blocks that people yep. would sit on or jump on and run around, so I was over there. Yep. And this girl, and the girl who did it comes up to me, and she Uh-oh. kept John at me about something. Ah. And I remember I just, uh, I, 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 it was probably the most messed up, one of the most messed up things I did. And she wouldn't shut up, and she just kept going, so I just spit a big red loogie on her <gasps> from the blow pop. Them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. Oh, so what- up. Wait, 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 hold on. You said you didn't have a secret. The fuck? Yes, you That's did. not a secret. Everybody saw it happen. Everybody saw it happen. I oh, mm. my gosh. What happened after? Holy so, mother. You must have got suspended. No. Even though she didn't. No, so nobody, oh. yeah, nobody saw it. Nobody teachers out, were out there and saw it, but she, she started crying. And yeah. then she went well, inside. Wow. And then I felt bad. Then I felt bad. So I didn't apologize right away because, you know, it's yeah. like one of those really tense situations where <laughs> yep. I don't want to pour gasoline on the fire. I know that was really overstepping, like my the buttery yeah. rice, whatever, mark will come off of my shirt. And even if it doesn't, who cares, just a shirt. But I remember I was just so mad and I did that and I felt awful afterwards. And so it was probably mm. like a, it was probably like a solid week or two before I ran into her, and I I did go I made it a concerted effort to go up to her and say hey listen you know that was that was effed up I totally I was pissed I was being a jerk and I'm sorry um, that was way over the top and I could have you know I could have handled it differently and I'm sorry. Did she ever apologize? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm no. not happy about this. I'm not happy about this. I don't even know who it was, but I'm not happy about this. Well, you know, and this is a crazy thing. Like, after that, after after yep. junior high, you know, she, she kind of was in, like, a little bit of, like, a weirder crowd. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and then, you know... I, I don't remember exactly what happened to her, but, you know, I kind of, I, I, I felt bad for doing that in the first place. I think that was like an awful response. Like I full stop. That was not, 
that was not the right thing to do when you're upset with somebody because they wiped rice on your back. Yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, I feel, I feel bad because, you know, she probably, she probably was struggling with something and probably struggling in general yeah. and, you know, just teen angst and anxiety and all those things that happen. And, um, you know, I, just, I, I, I seem to recall there being some, some stuff afterwards and maybe even like potential suicide attempt. And, you know, it made me feel even worse about it. Cause I'm like, Oh gosh, yeah. I didn't contribute to this some way, you know, like that's the yeah. last thing that I want to, I want to be remembered for or thought of as, you know, making someone feel some type of way about that. It's just, it, it, it made me feel even worse about it after the fact, even though I had mm-hmm. apologized. Um, but you know, that's, that's the thing. Like we're, especially when you're, young and you don't think about consequences and you don't you you Mm -hmm. know feelings are 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 certainly not the priority when you're when you're dumb and and jockeying for social position you don't think about those things and you do just react and we don't fully formulate a brain so we do dumb shit and it was um you know and it's you feel bad about it afterwards because looking back, you can look at it through a lens of someone that has matured and, and does recognize that these things are, you know, just childish behaviors that don't belong <laughs> in the real world, the grown-up world. Um, but you still, it, you still leaves you feeling bad, I think, sometimes. I mean, and I know I do. Um, I remember... This is so bad. I, I'm going to admit it. I don't care. I, I, of course, do admit when I'm wrong. I do. Um, there was this girl that I used to work with. And when I first met her, for some reason, I always had an attitude with new people. Whenever somebody come, came to the job that was brand new, I would always have an attitude. I don't know why. I guess I was just, like, protective or something. And this one girl, I used to say, oh, my God. I used to say that she had fetal alcohol syndrome because her face was messed up. Oh, man. I know. I know. I was evil. And we became friends. And I was just like, yeah, so about that. (laughs) Sorry. I was really rude. and, and, And you don't. You shouldn't even be my friend because I was, like, really awful. And, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I, you know I, what, yeah, there was, there, there, was, there was a story that circulated when we were in junior high, uh, and I know yep. I, as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, the carrot story. Um, and everybody literally just lambasted this poor girl about the carrot story. Oh, do you remember that? I don't remember who it do was you... about, though. Oh, well, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll circle back with you after the show and give you a hint. I do um, remember another girl. It wasn't a carrot, but let's just say things got stuck. And that was awful. Oh, that, that was another. Yeah. yeah, that was another story. And yeah. that girl, and I, if I remember, if I'm, if I'm remembering who it is, it was a it was a girl who was very like quiet. She wasn't like because um, there was two different the ones. Story? There was two different stories. Yeah, the carrot story yeah. was was not somebody Aww. who was quiet, and the one who got stuck, I think, was somebody who was quiet. And it was just like, no. 
It's awful. Like, the one that got awful. stuck it was it was a popular girl that got stuck. Oh no, that's the that's the carrot story. What? It's the same person. Yeah. I'm 99.9% sure. Oh, my God. We have to talk after the show. Um, still one of my best friends. I will defend her. I did not find it funny. I thought it was disgusting. And I yelled at anybody who brought it up to me. I remember being, I remember it was, was it Mr. Quinn's social studies class? Somebody brought it up to me, and I lit him on fire. I was so mad. I was like, don't you dare spread that rumor because you don't know if it's true and you're disgusting for even telling me about it. Uh, yeah, remember that? It was crazy. Ugh. People were awful to each other. And that's why I say, like, but, when you yeah, talk about, you like, mm-hmm. bullying and all that stuff mm-hmm. that's been going on forever, it's not something mm-hmm. new. It's just now the big difference is, is that it doesn't just, it doesn't stop after Mr. Quinn's class. It doesn't stop after right. seventh period. It continues on and on and on through social media and through all of these different avenues that people have to stay connected. Um, So I can see why, if you could imagine that carrot story or the, you know, something getting stuck, like if you could imagine that not just ending at the end of the school day or maybe, maybe at the end of the bus ride, it just kept going. It's just, Mm -hmm. imagine how that would have, how that would have uh, shaped someone's, you know, psyche at that point. And it's just funny. We, we, you know, we, we think of these things as harmless when we're kids, but I think we think of these things as, as, uh, you know, blips on the radar when we're younger. But the reality is some of this stuff was really, really cool. And, um, you know, it's sad to think about that's how we treated each other, but Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. And what's more messed up, Joe, is that some of these rumors about women were spread by other girls who were jealous that these girls were hooking up with yeah. the guys that they like. That part. That's where that one me, came from. Uh, see? That's see? where the carrot exactly story came from. Exactly my point. When girls tell each other stuff, you're supposed to keep it between us girls. Like, girls told me stuff. You think I repeated it? Fuck no. You... There's a certain, there's a certain, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. But there's a feeling that comes when you have someone's secret. It's not about knowing some blackmail on them. It's about this person has opened up to you in a way they probably haven't opened up to someone else. And that yeah. feeling in itself. Is so gratifying and fulfilling. I'm keeping their secret till I'm dead. And I wasn't always yeah. like this. I will be 100% honest. But I am. I was about certain people that was like, fuck you. I'm going to tell all your business. I don't care. But uh. the people that I'm still friends with, I, 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 yeah, I kept all their secrets and I will forever keep their secrets. And then here's even the fact when other people tell me their secrets, I pretend like, oh, that's the first time I heard it. Oh, my yeah. God, really? You oh, my to. God. I can't believe that. But, yeah, there's a... You have to, yeah. I don't know if you get that feeling, too, but when someone tells me something, I'm just like, wow, that person opened up to me. And I do have what's called, um, I, I have 
a couple of sayings. You know, you guys know my awkward adult conversation saying, but I also have this thing where I call it the friendship moment. There's always one moment in all of my friendships where something changes. That person goes from like being an acquaintance, their really good friend to being a best friend. And I say that all the time. And I know I have like a billion best friends, but I always have, <laughs> I've, I've always had that friendship moment. And friends, I had some of that in high school, junior high school, elementary school, you know, I had that friendship moment and we're good. We're, we're, we're bonded forever. You ain't getting rid of me, bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just don't understand. And I never understood the whole, I'm jealous of her, so I'm going to spread a rumor about it. I've never understood that. And, and I never yeah. will. I just, uh, gross. Gross. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's 99% of the drama in school is people spreading stuff about other people mm-hmm. for whatever the, whatever their personal benefit that they think they're going to get from it is. And it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's sad that that's, you know, that that's how the currency that we were, that we were using in those, in the good old days. But, um, you know, that's why I say like we were, we were young and dumb and stupid and immature and, um, and cruel, but hopefully most, and I know, uh, you know, just, you know, in, in speaking with a lot of the people that we, we did grow up, you, you recognize those people that did grow out of it. And then you still see those yeah. people that, that's still their, that's still their, their flavor, you know, they're, they're, they're still sick. operating that same way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's sad because that is, um, that's like, that's like lowbrow comedy. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, being able to, um, you know, to relate to people on like the lowest level of, of communication. If you, you genuinely respect people and, you know, respect humans in general, um, mm-hmm. doing stuff like that is just, it's just an awful thing to do to people. Um, but it still happens. Right. So there's only one rumor I have ever heard about you. One. Oh, and <laughs> I don't remember who told me. I, I'm I'm not lying about it. I'm not trying to protect anybody. I don't remember who told me. But <laughs> the rumor I heard was that you were good in bed. Damn, why they would oh, tell me? Shit. Like I'm gonna like experience it. But that was the only rumor, and I'm like, okay, thanks for telling me. Gotta go. <laughs> Well, see, now I got to really think about that because... I'm trying really to remember who told people. me. There can't <sighs> be too many people that could have told you that. You know that, right? I know. I don't uh, remember. I'm now I'm, now, I'm, now I'm You now know I would have told it. you. <laughs> but that's not yeah, a bad rumor there, to have about you. Well, yes and Hello. no. I mean, you know, you don't what want do you people... Mean, you yes and no. About. There's not. You don't... You don't want people talking about that stuff. You know, it's just personal. Uh, Joseph, They're, they didn't tell me. Like, it was, it was somebody that didn't have sex with you that said that they were friends with somebody. I do remember that part. But I was just like, oh, she said, she said that you were good in bed. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you want me to do with that? That was my answer. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, okay, bye. Definitely high school. 
But I just was like, I remember they came up to my locker and told me, I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, it, I don't Scandal. care. Like, Scandal. Oh, Scandal. please. I can only imagine. But I actually, I don't even think there are rumors about me. Other than, like, I probably had a crush on people. Other than that. Those aren't rumors. You confirm those all the time. <laughs> okay, whatever, Joe. You don't have to call me out like that. But, yeah, I don't I don't think I had any rumors about me. I didn't hear any. I think, hold on. No, I don't think I had any rumors about me. Um. No, I don't, none that none that I could think of, and certainly none that stuck yeah, there. I was like, oh yeah. And plus, the only thing the the thing about me is the only people that I ever had at my house were people that were in my neighborhood or people that moved out of the neighborhood that I was still friends with. Those are the only people that ever went to my house. I really didn't trust too many people with my secret um i did tell this group of girls that i was friends with that i did feel like a girl and but that was senior year i remember telling them and they're like oh you'd be a cute girl but other than that <laughs> it wasn't like it's such yeah. a high school response <laughs> yeah it's such a <laughs> But yeah, that the, that was the only major secret I had, and I only told those two girls. So, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel about some of the late month pushes with LGBTQ being an ally yourself who supports you around? Like when the NFL came out and was like supporting us, I was like, hmm. Okay, I guess. You you can never have too many allies. It just felt a little calculated, though. Yeah, you know what it is, too? A lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, late arrivals, you can call them, to, to the it, party. Yeah. They're, not, mm-hmm. they're, not really that, they're, not, they're not really that late to the party. I mean, you still have people that are pushing, you know, anti, anti-trans legislation. They're pushing anti, you know, mm-hmm. anti-anything. I mean, there's, there's plenty of people out there that are still, that are not coming to the party anytime soon. And I think that, uh-huh. you know, like I said, I, and I know I say this, you know, on, on a regular basis, Positive steps are better than no steps, and to me, right. like that's 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 the thing that the takeaway. There's always going to be those outliers. There's always going to be those people that refuse to, you know, to change their, you know, their thought process about about anything about life, uh-huh. <laughs> but about about other people. And it's just one of those things that you hope you, you hope that there's progress. Um, because it's never, there's never going to be that watershed moment where all of a sudden everyone's like, "Yep, we're, we agree." It's it's always fits mm-hmm. and starts, and baby steps, unfortunately. Um, but you know, the the fact that there is some progress and that there are steps and that there are uh, groups that are saying, you know what, maybe we were thinking about this wrong. Maybe we weren't treating people the right way. Maybe mm. you know, we need to. Th- to rethink our, our approach to whatever the subject is. And 
to me, that's a, that's positive. It's always positive if it's going in the direction of greater understanding and greater humanity, um, regardless of how slow that 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 sometimes feels. To me, it's progress, and that's always a good thing. So, the reason why I bring it up is because it got me thinking. You know, these people come late to the party. Now, is it because there's a straight agenda? And then, like, they say that there's a LGBTQ agenda. So then is there a straight agenda then? Is that what they, they believe and we have to change their minds? Um, why I say straight agenda is because if you look at Disney, for example, the very first Disney princess was Snow White. And she was dead until she got kissed by a man. She didn't get kissed by a a woman. She got kissed by a man. And then any movie after that, it was a Disney princess falling in love with a man. And you wait an hour and a half, and then they finally get married at the end. Isn't that a straight agenda? I mean... Uh, But but you've got to look at the flaws in it. She's shacking up with these seven dudes. She, they're her friends, though. She wasn't <laughs> doing stuff with them. They were just her, her friends. Well, they, how, how do we know? Wow, how do we know? Joe. Friends with benefits? Wow, you know? Joe. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, wow. This is the thing. Like, you look at Disney, you look at any, any like, form of popular media or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, it, it all, again, it, it comes down to the same thing. You know, when when you're making a movie in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, and you're making it for what is primarily a, a young audience. The, the the times themselves dictate a lot of what the content will 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 be, and so mm-hmm. you have Snow White, which is based off a fairy tale, which is you know hundreds of years old at that time, and you know in you're you're trying to make it palatable for the masses, so to speak. And at the time, especially in the fifties and sixties, there wasn't like this like 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 we're talking about now, there wasn't this big push to understand what people's sexual preferences were. There wasn't this big push it was mm-hmm. this was the time of, you know, post World War Two, going into the uh you know, the into into the baby boom generation. You have yeah, families growing and the nuclear family and all of these things happening in America, and it's just a representation of those things that that they wanted to preserve as wholesome. And so, you know, do I think there was a straight agenda or a, a versus you know a, a, any other kind of agenda? I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think it it dictated by the times. The same thing as when you see a show like Orange Is the New Black come out. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they had tried to do that in the 50s or 60s, the show never would have flown. It would have never taken off. People never would have looked at that and said, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to watch this show. Because at the time, culturally, it just wasn't something that people, A, understood, and B, they were willing to accept as something that was more um, mainstream or something that, could, you know, that they could relate to. And now, if you think about how many people know someone who has been, you know, impacted as a marginalized, you know, community. Now those audiences are much broader. People are much more willing to come out and talk about their experiences and who they are and who they actually are 
as opposed to 60, 70 years ago when, you know, it was a very different time. So I don't think it's necessarily an agenda. I think it's that, you know, people, and, and, and then, you know, then it just comes down to monetization. How do you make money off of uh, what's, what's culturally relevant at the time? Mm-hmm. But That's also, um, you have to keep in mind, though, as you mentioned, um, Snow White is based off a fairy tale. That fairy tale that you mentioned is from the Brothers Grimm. It is dark yeah. and gruesome and the most fucked up thing. Like, all of those fairy tales, Cinderella, Snow White, um, Sleeping Beauty, they're all fucked up fairy tales that Disney yeah. made happy. So then that exactly. that's another reason why I'm like, okay, well, you're pushing a straight agenda because the end of on the original ones, it ended very differently. So mm-hmm. for all those people saying, you know, gay agenda, trans agenda, you got to look at yourself and be like, are you maybe part of a straight agenda? And you didn't know it. And so now just take out the agenda all completely and just let people live. Who the fuck cares? Like, shit. I just, I'm just trying to well, point and, out hypocrisy. That's all. And that's, and that, so that's the argument that I would, I would agree with. To me, mm-hmm. the people that are saying that there's a trans agenda, or there's a gay agenda, mm-hmm. like those people that are saying that, it's because of mm-hmm. a lack of understanding. That's pure ignorance right. talking. Because to, to assume that someone who wants to be, uh, who wants to be recognized and treated as, as who they are, is mm-hmm. is somehow an agenda is, mm-hmm. is first of all it it negates the the conversation from at least from any moral standpoint because now you're right. trying to say that this is something that is is not it's it's fabricated or it's not genuine and that to me is mm-hmm. is part of the problem when someone's using that or using that that kind of lingo and and I think that there's a lot of terms out there that people throw out that are similar to that where it's just because they don't understand or they're uncomfortable um, that, that, that their response to those situations is to, instead of saying, you know, help me to understand, or I, I'm, you know, I'm curious is to immediately go on uh, into a defensive posture and then say that this is somehow an affront to them. And so that's, mm-hmm. that to me is, is the larger problem when you can't have a conversation because people are not equipped to have that conversation and they immediately defer to this, you know, default agenda or it's the same. And it's the same thing that you hear with black lives matter and why that whole thing Mm -hmm. got bastardized into saying, well, why do black lives matter more? No one's saying that. No one's saying Mm -hmm. that you're turning the conversation into something that it was never represented as Mm -hmm. or presented as initially. And it's the same Mm -hmm. thing with the, you know, a trans agenda. No, I think people mm-hmm. saying that they want to be treated equally and treated as a human being is not someone having an agenda. It's asking, you know, to, to, you know, to look at how you're behaving and how you're responding and treating people and saying, why are you doing things differently? Why are you doing right. things and treating me differently for something that because you don't understand it or you're uncomfortable about it? That's, that, that's not right. And it's not an agenda to, to make that accusation when it's you know you're presenting the facts you know people have marginalized these communities it's a fact that though that those things have happened so 
to me, like, that's the bigger argument. If you're not equipped to have that discussion, you're going to default to those, those silly arguments and those, those silly platitudes about how, you know, this is, this, is, this is now forced upon you or foisted upon you. And it's not. It's, it's, it's just silly. And the funny part about that is the people that say that there's a trans agenda, what they're saying essentially, um, well, plainly, actually, I had to experience this over the weekend. One, you're trying to take away a woman's. Two, you shouldn't be in your um, in a woman's sport or a man's sport. You should have your own sport. But here's the thing. If trans people had our own Olympian sports, had our own sports in all schools and whatnot, trans people competing against trans people, suddenly, guess what's going to happen? Well, how come they have their own sports and we don't? How, how come they get special treatment and we don't? Why did they get their own it's set what, of sports? That's what's going what to happen. with historical black colleges. That's what happened with historical black colleges. We don't want black people in our college, okay? Well, then we're going to have our own college. So we'll Wait, our why own. did they get to have <laughs> yeah. their own colleges? What are you exactly. talking they don't about? Have to let white let us in. How come they don't? Ha- how come they don't have? They don't. They don't have to let white people in. How come that's not racism? No, it's whoa, right. whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. I thought you didn't My want to favorite. be around us. And so, mm-hmm. gonna say it's 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 the most disingenuous of arguments where someone mm-hmm. takes that experience and then tries to paint themselves as the victim in that situation. It's right. it's, it's laughable, but it happens all the time. What happens every year, Joe? Wait a minute. Why do black people get fed a whole month of history? What about white history? Okay, talk about slavery in, in school. No, 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 we can't. <laughs> Come on, guys. We can't talk about slavery in school to kids. That's too much for them to deal with. Okay, we're going to have black history that's month. That's... But why? Yeah. Why can't we have a history month? What the fuck? You do. It's the other 11 months out of the year. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, I can't. I can't deal. Ugh. You get white history and, and a new one, I mean, like, like a, relax. A new one that's popping up. Here we go. Ready? Um, I don't agree with people being gay. Okay, well, guess what? We're going to have a, a pride parade. Wait, h- hold on. I'm straight. Why can't I have a straight parade? What the fuck are you talking about? Not only do I want a straight parade, but I want to follow the same route that the gay parade started. They said that in Boston. I'm like, have you lost your mind? Look how long it took for us to (laughs) get this parade together, number one. Look how long it took for us to get this route, and you just want to piggyback off it? Why? Just say that you're you're MAGA and, and just... Move on, because that's what it was. The straight pride parade was all about MAGA, and it was strange, and it was during COVID, and it was just, it was, it was weird. We actually canceled Boston Pride last year because of COVID, yet the straight pride parade just marched on with the three people that they had, and yeah, it was weird. But look at, look Uh, at how... And, and this is the argument that I would make, you know, for, you know, why this is, this is, this predates MAGA, but MAGA is, has, has created the label for it. Because when people say, 
things like make America great again, those are the things that they're talking about again. Like, what are they mm-hmm. trying to revert back to? And mm-hmm. what, is, what is the what is what is the the homeostasis that they think America actually was or should be mm-hmm. back? To, you know, going back to, and that to me is the is the crazy part. Like, America has been constantly evolving. It has been an evolution socially, economically, politically. Um, it, it, any anything that you could imagine. Um, has evolved over the course of centuries, and to say that you know that there's there there requires some kind of reset or regression is laughable. It's it's embarrassing. Uh, yeah. Um, and when I but that's the thing people, I get this thing more. <laughs> and that's the thing I've asked people. Okay, what do you mean by make America great again? What are you talking about? What what do you feel would make America great again? Never got a response. Never got an answer. Regurgitating what this guy said that they kind of follow. That's all. So basically, yeah, you're, they're telling us, the world, that they are followers. They don't understand what he's saying. They don't get the concept. And they just want to follow whatever he says. That's what they're telling the world. But you- but that's the thing. You have to understand that that's the reason why he was so successful because you've got, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, you've got so many people that can't put a finger on why they feel like they're losing, mm-hmm. why they feel mm-hmm. like they, they, can, they can only say that somebody else is gaining in a situation. So they must be losing as opposed to, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to really being able to understand that, Number one, a rising tide lifts all boats, and number two, that this this uh, you know this finger pointing at somebody else that they're somehow taking away from from your ability mm-hmm. to survive or to thrive in in America is is now is now threatened by this other, and that's to me that that captures the essence of why people responded so well to that because it's, it's this nebulous argument that somebody is trying to take something from you, something that is rightfully yep. yours. And whether it's you're yep. straight and you feel like the gays or the trans are taking something away, they're not taking anything away from you, but you know, to those people, they feel like it is taking something from them. And, you know, to, to people that are racist and feel like it's the immigrants or it's the Muslims or it's the, you know, the, the, the blacks or the Hispanics, when they feel like they're taking something away from them, they're not taking something away from them. That's why when you make the argument, well, do you want to go out and, and, and uh, do hard labor out in, 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 in a field or doing you know, construction because you feel like they're taking your jobs and people, their response mm-hmm. is often, you know, well, we just, we, we just don't think it's right. They just should go back to it. it there's no tangible argument to that. And that's why, that's why that, that MAGA argument was so powerful because they don't necessarily have a justification. They just have a feeling. They have that, uh-huh. this, this, this wounded feeling that they're somehow being disenfranchised in their own way, which then, you know, you've got this person who's, who's elevating that feeling and saying that he's going to fight for them. Even though it's, right. it's completely fabricated and there's, no, there's nothing behind it, it's the fact that he's speaking to that part of people that is wounded and that's sad that we have a country that, you know, that, that uh, I don't want to say that, 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 that has some adulation for that, but that's really what it comes down to. People ate that up 
because they felt like it was speaking to them. And how sad is that when that's speaking to you? Hate and disdain for others and uh, lack of inclusiveness, like when that speaks to you, it says a lot about that, that group of the population that, that latched on to that. And still right, and so, and even to the point where women and girls feel like you're taking a trans woman is taking away from their sport. The biggest one that the loudest one that I noticed was this girl in UConn, or it was either she went to UConn or she was in high school. I can't even remember. But after she won her championship and left she spoke out about trans athletes because they might take away from her, her um, former teammates. And I'm like, girl, you beat a trans person. You got the title. What are you complaining about? Like, I don't understand what you're complaining about. And then you have a wrestler named Max Begg in Texas, who was a teenage wrestler, trans boy who was forced to wrestle on the girls' wrestling team, beat all the girls because the boys wouldn't wrestle with him. Yeah. But nobody was like, and I saw a comment on Facebook. Someone was like, well, they shouldn't even, trans people shouldn't even play sports, period. And I'm like, okay, so you definitely want to take a trans person's natural born right as a human being and an American, and you just want to, shit on it because you don't feel that it's somehow un it's somehow unfair for a trans person to live live our lives. Like I just I don't get what we it's are a, taking away from somebody else. I don't get it. I don't it's get a, it. it's a freedom for, it's a freedom for me and not for the conversation. Right. People love right. to talk about how you know, America should be free and we should have all these things for people and, and, you know, we have our rights. and But they don't want to have that conversation when it comes to mm. other people. It, it's never, it's never uh, about how it can be, you know, how that can be a broader stroke when you talk about mm-hmm. freedom and you talk about what rights, human rights that people have. It's all, it, unfortunately, a lot of that conversation turns inward to how am I more free? What, what, where am right. I right? You know, I want to have the right to, to carry a gun wherever I want and whatever kind of gun I want. Okay, mm-hmm. well, and, and that's fair, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone agrees with you. Just like I, I don't believe in abortion. I think it's, it's wrong. Well, that's great. Then don't have an abortion. But why right. do you get to dictate how someone else lives their life? What makes your right. opinion the right opinion or the opinion that speaks to freedom and to what, what, you know, to, to, to what rights people have explain how that then becomes, you know, the, the, the voice that should matter in that conversation. And that's the mm-hmm. problem. We, we, we elevate those voices when we have these MAGA conversations. And also people don't think this one guy said, Oh, um, I don't want a trans person in there, you know, whipping out their parts in the bathroom with my daughter. I said, sir, why would a trans person whip out their parts in the middle of the bathroom? When trans people go, when trans women go to the bathroom, they go, they enter a stall. How are you whipping out parts for everybody to see? He's like, well, you never know. I'm like, yes, I do know. I'm trans myself. 
If I have to go pee, I go into a stall. I'm not understanding where you're coming from. What you're talking but about that, is a pedophile. That's not right. what trans so, people are. Like, that, that, the assumption is that anybody with a penis who walks into a bathroom is just going to whip it out. So then like, it why? shouldn't matter what bathroom that person's using. It shouldn't matter. Right. That shouldn't be the argument. <laughs> right. it's, you have a problem with people walking into a bathroom and, and, and pulling down their pants in front of everybody to see, whether it's male or female, you have a problem with that. Right. Okay, I can get on board with that, and yeah. I don't think that you, whether you're trans or not, I don't think that that's even – I don't see how someone could even put that in, into the conversation. He literally you said have a that problem with that. That's, mm-hmm. that, and that's, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. People just aren't equipped to have a reasonable discussion. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not thinking about it in reasonable terms, and they're not thinking about it in reasonable concepts. They're thinking about it in terms of how they personally view the world and that everyone should view the world the way that they do. And then I had to educate him, and I said, sir, if someone is trans, Typically, they don't even like their genitalia. So what the fuck are you talking about? He had no response back. None. <laughs> like, people don't understand trans people, but they go. And, and I actually had to say on, my, on the thread, if you are not trans yourself, if you don't have a medical degree in being trans or a medical degree that's research trans people, or if you're not um, a subject matter or a friend or somebody that's actually done extensive research without a medical degree, you have no right to talk about this topic because you clearly don't know what you're talking about. And I even put a post that showed the effect of estrogen on trans women because with the trans woman, you have to do a testosterone blocker and estrogen at the same time. I explained that last time. I put it in, yep. in the post. They still said, and it said decreased muscle mass in black and white. In black and white, it said decreased muscle mass. See, I told you that, you know, it, there's still a, an unfair advantage. What are you talking about? Do you see decreased muscle mass? Like <laughs> a trans woman going up against a non-trans woman in a, in a sport I'm going to say it. The non-trans woman's probably going to win. Like, I just, or maybe the trans person will win through hard work and dedication. I don't know. But saying just because someone's trans, they shouldn't compete against someone who's non-trans because of, quote, biology is ignorant and foolish and dangerous. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're just basing it on your own opinion and hatred. Just say you're trans so that we can just get this conversation ended. I mean, shit. Whatever. Anyway, um, (laughs) any movies, TV shows that you, um, that you watch? So I started watching, uh, Manifest with my wife. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm almost done with the, uh, with the first season. Yeah. Oh boy. So the 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 good about the show. Um, <laughs> when you have to break it down, it, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so the good about the show, it is to me like like really 
it's an interesting version of, you know, what what Lost was to TV, um, mm-hmm. where there's a plane, something happens, you're trying to figure all this stuff out, and it's like a, the story itself is interesting. And when it was on, I think it was on Fox first, and then Netflix picked it up. Um, I can see why it got canceled. <laughs> oh, um, on Fox. Ouch. Yeah, the acting is just like just piss poor. Um, I, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say it's piss poor. There's no character on there that I'm like, yeah, man, I can really empathize with this person. I can really sympathize with this person. Um, I feel bad, genuinely bad for them. I want them to succeed. I don't, there's nobody on the show that I'm like that. And um, it, part of it's because the acting in it, it just seems like really, really contrived at times and melodramatic. And, um, and other times it just seems like it was just so poorly written, but I'm 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 gonna give it a shot because I want to see what they did in the second season when Netflix picked it up and see if they were able to turn a corner. If they didn't, man, I'm gonna be sad that I waste a lot of time and energy in this show because um, I do think that they could do something well with it. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. Oh my goodness! What, what about um, <laughs> what about uh, movies? Any movies? So I didn't watch any movies this week. This week was a pretty busy week. Okay. I traveled to um, I traveled to uh, North Carolina for work, so mm-hmm. it was a pretty hectic week. Um, the movie that I do want to see, which I believe you just st- either started or you watched it, is the one mm-hmm. on uh, Prime with um, with Chris Pratt. The Tomorrow War. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you did, did you did you watch the whole thing? You did. I watched the whole thing. Um, all right. Um, it was. Let me tell you this. I understand, and I always talk about this. I get as a writer and as a, a moviegoer that there's a thing called dramatic license. What dramatic license is is you drag something out for the purposes of making the audience like, you know, but throughout the whole Mm -hmm. movie, there was not dramatic license. So I loved every minute of the movie up until the last 15 minutes. Then I was like, Uh. all right, fuck you. Like something, there are things (laughs) that were happening that I'm just like, you guys didn't use dramatic license at all. And now you're doing it so much so that I want to stop this movie and just like, just end it and, and not figure out what happened at the end. So I'm, I'll be interested to see if, how you feel about it, but I certainly did not like that ending. I was pissed off. Um, but it's a great setup, great premise. I don't like Chris Pratt personally or, like, as a – like, I don't follow his stuff. He, he Guardians of the Galaxy, I'll follow him. But I do like him as an actor. So he did a good job, and the movie was really good, just like up until that ending. Um, what about so that Jurassic one World? I did, did you like him in Jurassic World? <sighs> okay, this is what I mean by um, 
dramatic license. There was a scene, and I want to say in Jurassic World, Fallen World, or maybe it was the first one. Maybe it was the first one. Remember when the kids were in the bubble thing? The first no. one. Okay. So was was there a bubble thing in the second one? I don't remember. I think there was, oh, but it was it was after the fact. Okay. So it, it was in the second one. Wait, hold on. Whichever bubble thing scene it was, do you remember Chris Pratt got the kids in the bubble thing and then, like, stood there and watched dinosaurs fighting? Instead of running away, he stood there. That drove me nuts. I remember everything else I remember of that movie is a blur. That one scene drove me nuts. He's just standing there. And I'm just like, I was, ye- I actually, <laughs> I actually yelled in the theater. I go, move your ass. And he's just standing there like, huh. And I'm like, okay, why isn't this guy moving? I don't even remember. I got to rewatch that movie. I don't remember anything yeah, see, but that's, that. That's <sighs> bad writing. That's that makes me not. I know. And he, it like, the dinosaurs were fighting for a good two minutes, and he's just standing there looking at him like, huh, what, what's going on? The kids are safe. Get the fuck out of there. What are you doing? Yeah. I, yeah. So I, so I, that have, I have crazy. to ask you this because because yeah. you you are a you are a uh, a, 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 a similar uh, media critic as I am in terms of sheer volume itself. But also, um, not not being not not as uh, not being a willing participant in some of the stupidity that happens in movies. So I think we we yep. we agree on that. So yeah, I somewhere. and this this is my my humble opinion, and I think it started with Bird Box. And okay, um, I and I don't know if you want to go into this now or if this is something for the next show because this could, we could go on for hours about. I feel like the quality of scripts that they put uh, mm-hmm. into these prime movies or into these, um, you know, Netflix movies, the quality of the scripts would never have gotten passed in major blockbuster movies, but because there's so much money and so much ability to, to have a, a subpar script put out there that you can make a mm-hmm. shitty movie mm-hmm. like Bird Box, great concept. And it just went so south. I couldn't stand that movie. And there's been so many movies that I've watched on Netflix where I'm like, love this actor, love this actress, love this, love this premise. And then I'm watching it, I'm like, this is garbage. Who mm-hmm. wrote this? I could have I right. written this better. And the production value of some of the movies is, is, is solid, but it's like they, they, whatever they, they spent on production, they skimmed on the script, and it makes me crazy because – the 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 audience that they're reaching is so broad, and 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 the the the, the skill level or the the quality of the movies themselves is just garbage at times. So, I think it has to, and we can talk about it. It's, it's not that big of a topic. Maybe we can get into it in more detail later. But um, here's the thing: it's a couple of things. Number one. I think I mentioned this before. If they write a script, if the script writer writes a script and says, I want Chris 
Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence to be in this film and be the only two people in this film, people are going to, the executives are going to be like, oh. But what's the quality of the script? It really doesn't matter. I just want a film with these two people in it. That's all. And I want the primary focus to be on them. Okay, well, let's see if we can get those two together. Because those two haven't been on screen. She's an Oscar-winning box office juggernaut. He was just in Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's do it. Let's see if we can get it. So let's make Passengers, which is a film they were in together. Yeah. The executives and the studios know. Even if it's a box office bomb, it's still a win. Because even if we release it and nobody watches it, the fans of Jennifer Lawrence and the fans of Chris Pratt are going to make it a cult classic. Mm. So we can write them sitting on the toilet and talking to each other through a wall, and guess what? They're going to watch it. Who cares? The push for quality... The, the creativity came when we were kids. You know, when when we were kids, people weren't, like, if you think about it, there were no teen movies until Molly Ringwald. That was our generation. There were no Freddy Krueger's and um, uh, what's it called? Jason. That was our generation. So we also had yeah. the benefit of having first in our, teen, in our teens and ch- in childhood. So we're used to creativity, but also, like you had alluded, things have changed. We're older. We're seeing things through a different lens as well. When we watch it, the miniseries, it's no longer scary because we've evolved and changed, and we've seen something more gory than that. So we're not kids anymore watching it. We're adults, and we're like, that's stupid. So there's a lot of factors that make some of these crappy movies into existence. But the biggest one is, can we get one person that's a huge name in it? And if we can get that one person, that person is, is friends with another person so they can get more people. And then you have a star-studded film that's a piece of shit. <laughs> that's on Netflix. That's on Amazon Prime. But it's because you can get yeah. the people. That's, that's why. So basically, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And Netflix can throw I the money at those people, or Prime can throw the money exactly. at those people. And, and with oh. Netflix, even if it's a shitty movie, it's going to have a life because it's a streaming shitty movie. Whereas if it's a yeah. shitty movie in the theaters, it's going to take three to four months to get streaming. You know, first you got to go through all the the movie chains, and then you have to go through streaming after where, you know, studios make their money back. Because what we used to do when we were kids, and people don't know this, when we were kids, cable was the thing. There was no streaming. So you would sometimes have to watch dirty movies or really adult movies like violence and stuff late at night when your parents were sleeping. Yeah, You don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) Get a mask. Right. So... And Cinemax had terrible movies, but they kept making them because they were making money, you know? So what the fuck? So that's particularly why we see those shitty quality films with big stars, because 
you know, they somehow can get them. Most of the time, the stars are contractually bound to make, what, two movies for a, for a studio, and this is going to be one of them. Yeah, it's a shitty script, but I just want to get out of my contract obligation. So that's yeah. also it, too. So. Yeah. But that's it. Like, like every movie where you'd have, like, on Cinemax or Showtime or whatever, mm-hmm. where it was like every movie had Eric Roberts in it or something. And it's like, right. all right, you know, this is a, B, a B-list, maybe C-list actor. Every movie that, that you had, you knew watching that, it's like, this is probably going to be a shitty movie. But now mm-hmm. it's like, if I see uh, Dave Bautista in, a, in an action movie, I'm like, all right, this might be decent because, you know, mm-hmm. he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was in some of these other movies where, you know, as an action star, I can, I can latch on to it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like going to see a movie like 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 Fast and Furious, where you're like, this is Cannonball Run for you know for our age. You know, it's it's yeah, um, you know it's it's uh, it's Smokey and the Bandit for 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 the new age. Like, you you know what they're doing? It's a car chase movie. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's you know it's entertaining. There's laughs in it. But that's the thing. You're not going to that movie to see an Oscar-winning script. You know what it is. No. Mm-hmm. And I, right. and I think the same thing applies for, like, Netflix movies or Prime movies where you, you know it's not going to be an Oscar-winning script or you know it's not going to be like this. But you expect it to at least have some of the cohesiveness that a blockbuster movie would have. Like, a Fast and Furious movie always has at least a cohesive, linear plot to it, mm-hmm. and it follows kind of the same structure, and you and it has the same feel to it. So you while you're not expecting Vin Diesel to all of a sudden have this amazing character development, you at least know like, like what you're going to get from that. And I feel like that's the mm-hmm. problem with Netflix or with, with, uh, with prime movies or any of these streaming services is that you get like this really watered down version of those actors or actresses where you would normally say, all right, I'm not expecting a lot or I'm expecting this type of character, but I'm also not ex- like, I'm not waiting for a really garbage movie to be put out put out by this person and that's what you end mm-hmm. up getting on on some of these streaming services it just it really infuriates me and i feel like the writing quality has gone so far down because they have this 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 new opportunity to pretty pretty much any writer who puts out a script can throw something against the wall and it will stick and it drives me nuts because there are really good writers out there <clears throat> And we could have our stuff out there, you know, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, we could actually put quality into this, and you're not giving us a chance, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I also, so tomorrow, the Tomorrow World was decent. I'll say it's decent. Um, I also saw Luca, and I also saw Raya and the Last Dragon. I highly recommend you watch it with your family. You, you, the three of you will love it. It's, it's just amazing. Um, there's a slight allegory in, um, a gay allegory in Luca. Um, just a slight. Okay. It's towards the end, and you're just going to be like, oh, okay. Um, Ryan the Last Dragon, like, I watched it twice. I watched it once by myself and once yesterday with my niece. Um, so good, so good, so good. Um, and then I got on a Jason Statham kick and I started watching like most of his, <laughs> I watched Parker and I watched the transporter movies. I don't know yeah. something about, I'm, 
I'm like, I feel like I'm almost late to the game. I'm like totally into Jason Statham. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Oh, he's a man. Mm. He can be my man. Um, yeah, he's sexy. <laughs> but that's it. That's all I got. Um, any topic before we move to our final two things? Um, no, I think I think that's the big stuff. I think we hit the big stuff today. Okay. Yeah, we did. Super-sized, happy fourth episode here. Um, Eva Mendez moment. What's yours? Um, I don't even know if I have an Eva Mendez moment this week. Yeah. This week was this week was very chaotic. Um, I said I had to fly down to uh, to Charlotte to deal with an employee issue down there, and mm-hmm. um, I would say it's like an anti Eva Mendez moment. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, because you know, usually when I have to fly to a different office, it's because I have to deal with something that's particularly sensitive in nature, and in this case, it was a discrimination claim, and so it it always sucks because, you know, one of the things that the, philosophically is I try to assume good intentions from any employee that we're, we're dealing with these types of claims. And sometimes it really sucks because I think on the whole, most people are good people. It's just when you yep. see someone who's a real asshole or who just doesn't understand that, uh, that how much of an asshole they're being in a situation, um, it's really unfortunate because then there's really only one option, and that's to fire people, and I hate to do that. Yeah, it's and funny I, you mention I had to do that, that twice. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because um, I had a situation. So my Eva Mendez moment was my my sister's party yesterday. Um, there was this particular moment in there. Well, a couple of moments. The first moment was um, somebody who I hadn't. I met this person a while ago, but I've never really like spent quality time with them. Um, the person was like, um, hey, Michael, because that was my dead name, what is your new name now? And I was like, okay, I think they're trying to be funny about it, so I'll just, you know, let it go. So I told them. And then later on, the same person, you know, we were sitting around talking, everything. And when I went to go sit down to eat, that person was, sitting in the chair that I was sitting at last. So that person, another person said, oh, I think you're sitting in Emily's chair. And that person's like, oh, Michael doesn't mind. And I looked at them and I'm like, are they being an asshole? And then that, the person that told them, you know, that's Emily's seat, ripped them a new one. Like that was their spouse. Ripped them a new one was like, uh, her name is Emily. She's a she. Don't be an asshole. Like, right in front of everybody. I'm like, oh, oh. I didn't even say anything. I was like, huh. So the, another moment came when it was just me and that to. person. I didn't have to joke. I said nothing. I was just like, oh, I was actually shocked. And then uh, everybody left the table, and it was just me and that person. And that person kind of let their guard down and was like, listen, I don't mean to come off like an asshole. I, I apologize if I am, but, you know, you are only the second person I've ever dealt with as transgender and started telling me this story about how one of their vendors was trans. And so then I got it. But there, 
the vendor was a little confusing. So, and, and he ended up defending the person to me. So the person's name was like PJ or something. And yeah. then decided to change their name to something with a J. And so they put like, um, the person said to this person said, call me um, popular Jenny, you know, still call me PJ basically. And so he's calling this person PJ, calling this person PJ. And then all of a sudden, after like three months, the person, he called up and he says, hey, can I talk to PJ? And the secretary said, well, can you now call that person Jenny? They don't want to be called PJ anymore. And so he's like, uh, okay. So I said, well, that's confusing. Why did the person stop? And he said, well, that person only wanted me to call them PJ for the transitional period. And now that it was over, they wanted me to call them by their new name. I said, oh, okay, I got it. Because I was confused a little. So that was my, yeah. it was almost like I had like a complete 180 from the time that we met that morning until that afternoon. And then by the time the person left, gave me a hug, told me that they're home anytime. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like the whole, it was like a whole big turnaround. And I don't know if it was a, a 180 actually, because the person probably was open-minded when they walked up, but I just didn't really know them, know them. So yeah, it was a, it was a good moment. That whole party just from beginning to end felt good. Like no one got into a fight. No one made fun of each other. It was all playful. It was, I laughed so hard. Like I'll, all afternoon, I laughed so hard. And on top of it, you all know, I've said it before, I got my hot dog and my hamburger for the summer. I'm good. I don't need to go any more cookouts. I'm good, people. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, really a good, good day. Um, before we go, what, um, what shout-outs do you want to give? Um, I want to give a shout-out. To America, America. Happy birthday, birthday, America, um, for for all its flaws and mm-hmm. all the uh, all the things that you know we're always talking about. You know how we can get mm-hmm. better as a country, as a as a people, um, as 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 a, as a as a group of Americans that all you know look up at the same flag and you know have different feelings about it. Um, you know, for all its flaws and, and all the, the ugliness that has happened, it's still a, a wonderful and, and amazing place. And mm-hmm. I hope we keep uh, keep celebrating birthdays where you know, we keep getting better, keep getting better as a, mm-hmm. as a people. Agreed. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And I will have to piggyback on you and say, that America is still, even with all of its flaws, is still one of the best countries for people that are of color and people that are in the LGBTQ community. Because it's changing. Yes, it's changing slowly, but it's changing. Look at how much progress we've had in the seven months that we've had a new president. Like, it's changing. Let's just stick with it. Let's just wait to see what happens before we say this place sucks. Because if you think this place sucks, then maybe 
this isn't the place for you, you know, because what you're going to inevitably do is make it worse for other people with your attitude. You're going to make it worse and harder for us. So as the MAGA folks say, you don't like it, get out. Go on, get. Um, (laughs) But my shout out has to go to my sister Mandy. And it's not in relation to the party that she organized, which was fabulous. We were sitting down talking about our, our childhood together. And at one point, somebody had said, well, Jesus, like I told you before, geez, good thing Emily's here because she knows all the details. But I actually, um, someone had said, someone had made a joke about how, like, Mandy's lazy or whatever. I said, excuse me. I will have you know, Mandy, not only was she a straight-A student while she was playing a sport in high school, but when she graduated high school, she put herself through nursing school, bought herself her car, and now she has this family of three kids, this beautiful home. She did it all on her own without anybody praising her, helping her, or anything. So I have to give a shout-out because Mandy's my role model. When I become a mom, I want to be like her. She's one of the best cooks I know. She's a great mom. She's a funny, incredible friend, but she's an amazing sister. And I'm sure, because I'm not married to her, I'm sure she's a great wife. But, yeah, she's, <laughs> um, she's pretty much my, my role model. I, I love that girl so much. And to the point where if I had to, like, move in with anybody in my life. I mean, obviously there's a handful of people, but she's going to be on that list. Like if I had to like suck it up and move in with someone, it would be her. She takes care of me so much to the point where her husband gets mad. So there were a couple of times when um, she's like, oh, do you want to come over for dinner? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, what do you want? And I told her what I want. And I said, and for dessert, can you make me chocolate chip mint cookies? Because she makes them... (laughs) Like, to die for. So I show up, and her husband's like, what? And I go, what? She made you chocolate chip mint cookies? I'm like, yeah. She hasn't even made me chocolate chip mint cookies. I'm like, oh, I think maybe I get priority over you. But, um, yeah, she, she spoils me. Whenever I go over there, completely spoils me. When I dog sit, I mean, I, I don't even have to do anything. She just, like... She, she like, fills the fridge for me. She, like, does everything. And then she tries to pay me on top of that. I'm like, girl, stop trying to pay me. You, you're feeding me, and I'm providing you a service. So, whatever. But, yeah, I love that girl. She's amazing. Total shout-out to her. But, awesome. Yeah, so that's all I got. Um, we definitely have to have a little chat after this because I need some um, – some some holes filled in that story earlier, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope everyone's having a happy fourth and or had a happy fourth and day off is amazing. And um, we will we will catch up next week. And yeah, that's all we got for now. Can I leave with one quote? So, ab- absolutely, of course you can. You don't even have to ask. So it's one of my favorite quotes. It's from uh, J. William Fulbright, who's uh, who's a U.S. senator. And he Mm -hmm. said, to criticize one's country is to do it a service. Criticism, in short, is more than a right. 
It is an act of patriotism, a higher form of patriotism, I believe, than the familiar rituals and national adulation. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> now that's the way to end the show. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay Thank to love your country. It's also, it's also, it's also okay to expect that it's not just going to stay mm-hmm. in one place and continue to move right. forward. Agreed. And America. why don't you, instead of bitching about the country being a certain way, why don't you help change it? How about that? Um, anyways, thank you for listening as always. Have a happy Monday if you're at work, if you have the day off, whatever. And we will chat with you next week. Thanks, everyone. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.